Listen, my love, it is time to debunk this belief, this myth, this lie, this story we continue to tell ourselves. Here's the deal. Your distractions are very much in your control, even when it comes to other people's behaviors. Listen, lady, you're capable, smart, and driven. Then why do you feel so overwhelmed? Hi, I'm Ruthie Parikh, mom of two, wife of one, best-selling author, and former perfectionist. Okay, current, but working on it. I'm here to show rockstar professionals who are doing it all that you can have an amazing career, relationships, and life by taking control of your focus, habits, and goals. Join me for simple and motivating ways to squash overwhelm and reconnect with what matters most. Welcome to Productivity on Purpose. Hello, my loves. I am feeling so relaxed today. Just got back from a short three-day getaway to Cancun, actually Playa del Carmen, a little past Cancun, away from all the spring breakers. And it was just fabulous. It was short, sweet. I was with my family, actually with my younger son and my husband, my older son stayed home. I couldn't believe it to finish up uh, some college application deadlines that he had. That was a little bit crazy. It was I first taste of what it's going to be like when he goes to college and we're not going to have all our vacations together. It was a little sad. But um, on the positive note, it reminded me how just a small, short getaway can get me in such a good mood, inspired, rejuvenated. Just a simple break from the norm can do your body and brain so much good, even if it's overnight, my friends. So go to your bed and breakfast or a hotel in your town or an hour away. You don't have to even get on a flight. Be a tourist for a day in your own city so you can escape from the cooking and the cleaning and just the day-to-day stuff that you have to deal with. So anyway, that was like my little PSA of go, go somewhere if you haven't already for a day, a night, a two, three, if you can make it. And it just feels so, so dang good. All right. In case you're meeting For the first time, I'm Rithu. I'm here to help you take control of your time and priorities so you, my friend, show up as a better boss, friend, leader, manager, mom, wife, daughter, and all the other ways you tap into your badassness. So three of my one-on-one clients right now are having the same issue, which is why I really wanted to talk about this today. They are feeling very distracted very scattered all day, end the day feeling like they got nothing done, but there is one common denominator for all of them, even though they're in completely different phases in their business and completely different industries, they are mostly distracted by the same one thing, which is, drum roll, their team members, their very own team that they built, right? They're team members who, by the way, for the most part, they respect, they really like, they hire them. They're great peeps. And each of these clients have, I think about five to 10 people on their teams. But I have found this is a prevalent issue, whether you have a team of one, right? You just have one other person that you're partnering with, or this could even be some freelancers or someone full-time, or you have a team of 30. This can be a big issue is that you're getting distracted by everybody else. Yes, I know there's lots of distractions in our businesses, in our lives, like emails and phone calls, but 
in these cases, the majority of those or even those disruptions were coming from their team members. Their team members were updating them on information all the time or forwarding them information or asking them about details or inquiring about next steps or wondering about expectations or a variety of other ways and reasons that were disruptive. And again, if you if this is resonating with you, even though you've built your own team, sometimes it can feel like more of a hindrance than help. Am I right? Certainly, at least when it comes to your focus. They may be great at their job, but that focus, sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even think straight with this person here or people here. In fact, one of my clients, one of the three, recently said she gets so much more done when she works from home rather than in the office. By the way, her office that she pays for, her rent, her office space, she gets more done at home and she has two young children at home, which now that says a lot. It's been really interesting to me how they're all having the same challenges and we've implemented some different tactics and strategies. We've been partnering together to help them get control of their teams and it's for everybody's benefit. So of course, they themselves, these awesome women, want to feel more focused and stay in their zone of genius. And they want the time and space and energy to think more strategically and feel less stressed and have more time. But they also understand the importance of giving all these same gifts to their teams. If the teams, if the people are constantly distracted because they are following up with their boss, with their CEO, with their owner, right? If they are constantly sending information, if they're constantly checking in, they too are equally scattered. They are equally inefficient and their disruptions are distracting for everyone. When it comes to other people, there is a very common thought that I want to squash right now. The thought is, that those distractions, or meaning other people, are out of my control because I don't control other people. I don't control their behaviors. You will even often hear me say on this podcast, focus on what you can control. Don't focus on what you can't control, right? So you're thinking, I don't control their behavior. I can't control their actions. I don't control their responses. Therefore, their distractions, or rather being distracted by them, is out of my control. Listen, my love, it is time to debunk this belief, this myth, this lie, this story we continue to tell ourselves. Here's the deal. Your distractions are very much in your control, even when it comes to other people's behaviors and actions. And here's why. Because Although you cannot change someone's personality, you can control and you are fully in control with how you respond. Okay, your responsiveness is 100% in your control. And you know what else is in your control? Your big, beautiful, badass voice. You are 100% fully in control of the words you choose while you are in control of your responses. We will get more into that in just a second, but essentially, you are able to determine how you are going to respond to other people's distractions. Will you allow them to distract you? Will you ask them to hold off? Will you say, let's talk about this later? Like you are totally in control of that. So think of it like you're the director of um, like a play or a movie or a musical. 
You get to set the stage. You are the owner. This is your business. You direct other people what's on cue, what you decide makes that scene or that take, and what doesn't. So if your team is constantly interrupting you, I can pretty much tell you that you have trained them that way. We train people how to treat us. We train people how to treat our time. So they may be using you as a crutch to get all the answers that they should be and they could be figuring out on their own. They may have adopted this culture of quote-unquote laziness in their thinking because they know you're the go-to. You'll figure it out. You'll let them, you'll give them the answer. You'll tell them what to do, right? Or let's say they really don't know. Maybe it's not lazy. They really aren't, aren't sure of it, but yet they don't feel confident that they even have the right or the permission to think about that right next step. So they just immediately come to you. They may have a fear of failure. You may have created a culture of no one can do this as good as I can, or a culture where they just don't feel secure to make decisions. They may have too many options in front of them. Maybe there's not a clear direct path with three or less options. And because there's so many, they want to confirm them with you all the time. They might be bringing their experiences from another organization or another company where they operated in the same way, where they were constantly distracted. It was just normal for them to bring all their distractions to other people, and they're just doing whatever they've always known. My point is, there are many reasons why your team might be working this way. But here's the good news. There are three things that I have found that are missing. And if you focus on these, this is going to take care of about 90% of this very disruptive culture or this environment that you got on your hands. All right, so we're going to jump into those three today and think about where is it that I'm lacking the most. Chances are, if you're growing and developing and evolving like we all are, all of these can use more reinforcements along the way, right? We can always be tweaking and getting better, but you may be one or even two that you're like, okay, really, this is not in, it's just not in place. And I've really got to be focusing on that. All right. So here's what's missing. Number one, systems, systems, my friend, most often you're lacking clear systems that everybody is on board with. Again, could be one person, could be 30, doesn't matter. This is not your fault. Well, not entirely because when you started your business or when you start, or when you're just in the beginning stages, you really don't need that many systems. You don't, and it's actually not the best use of your time. I will never tell someone who's just starting off is focus on your CR, your customer relationship management tools and you know building out all the infrastructure. You just need to get clients. You need to test things out, see if people want what you have to offer, right? We're just trying to like build up some portfolio, actually get payments because that's what makes a business, right? When you actually get paid. So at that moment, you don't really need a ton of systems. It's you, yourself, and I, right? Me, myself, and I. And however, when you grow, when you start growing, when you start getting some clients, maybe you start getting team members, maybe you start increasing revenue, maybe you start taking multiple projects. When you start the growth process, it is challenging at that moment to find the time and the mental bandwidth to catch up with your growth, right? To develop all those strategies because now you're jumping forward and like those systems are a little bit kind of left behind. So I get it. It totally happens. But because of that, it does cause problems with each new team member or each new client or each new project that you take on because you're just getting a little bit further behind on that process. 
And all of those additions, whether it's the, the members or the client or you know the team or the projects, it typically requires some kind of process or several processes that impact systems, right? They're across onboarding or marketing or email management, finances, legal, contracts, sales, client information. It just goes on and on. So here's the thing when it comes to systems, either A, you just don't have them in place because we've fallen behind because there's growing, there's growth and that's part of growing pains or B, everyone, and I mean, everyone doesn't know about them. So let's say you do have some really great systems in place, but they just don't know, right? They literally don't know what that system is or C, they do exist. You have the systems in place. You've even introduced them to your team but they're not front and center. They're not reinforced. You don't have convenient access to them. For example, maybe when you brought on a new team member, you had that one or two hour sort of intro, or maybe they shadowed you for a couple of days, or maybe you actually have like a policies and procedures manual and they're onboarded. And this is a year ago, but after that beginning week or so, there was never this reinforcement of, oh, wait, here's the system. Wait, did you follow this? Or this is what we're supposed to do. Don't come to me with this question because, you know, here's the process. And we're not redirecting them and reinforcing them to something that actually exists. We're just sort of relying on the fact that at one point I introduced them to this or told them about it or told them where they could get it. And now we're wondering why a year or two later, or even if a couple of weeks or months later, why they're not following that. Because again, you're not using your voice, so you've spent the time to create it and implement it, but you're not reinforcing it again, right? So no one's using them the way you wish they were set up or how you actually intended. So that's a deal with systems. It can either be, one, they're not in place, so that seems to be a big one. There's just really nothing really clear there. Two, everybody doesn't know. Maybe it's a couple of people here know or somebody knows or it's in your head. They don't. It's not really related or uh, just communicated to them. Or three, you actually do have them. And I've definitely had this with clients. I'm like, they're like, but I have this. I'm like, but who knows about it? Do you reinforce it? Is this like company policy and procedure and part of your culture that they need to be followed? Okay, so that's the first thing I think that's generally missing. The second that's missing is autonomy. Autonomy. Um, now, a lack of autonomy is can be a really big issue, and it can add to this constant distractive culture and this feeling that I can just, I need to, not only have to, uh, I need to ask for permission and uh, get recommendations and get approval. But your team might not feel like they have your blessing, your permission to do things like make decisions or take next steps without you. Maybe they are used to you micromanaging them without you even knowing it, whether that means checking over their emails before they go out or other communications or social media or an image or a contract they sent out. Maybe you haven't made them feel trusted. And here's the deal. Maybe you have a good reason not to. Like they have made many errors in the past. Things have gotten really screwed up. You've been embarrassed by what they've sent out because maybe it was to a, a potential prospect or a client. It was typos. Things weren't, you know, it just wasn't great. However, have you considered that perhaps that happened because you didn't have number one, the first one, the systems in place that really had those fail-proof steps for them? So if we have that step-by-step checklist of here's exactly, here's the tone or the words we use, or here's the logo, or here's the letterhead, or 
here's the exact language, or, you know, if we had all that process size somewhere, the likelihood of those errors happening would dramatically decrease. However, of course, we know there's still room for error. And at that point, it could just be your perfectionist tendencies is what's keeping you or them from feeling like they can't take control. I know this one really well, right? And I it is I have spent a lot of time just sort of letting things go. Now, my amazing marketing manager would tell you, I I will definitely, you know, call her out on certain things that I'm like, okay, can you please fix this? This is making me crazy. Let's just make sure this doesn't happen again in the future. I, I would do that for sure. I could definitely be a perfectionist, but I can also tell you that I have gotten so much better at letting things go. And this has helped me reduce those distractions as well. As long as I don't feel like it's so far off center of my values, of my brand, you know, it's not necessarily typically what I would say or do, but you know what? It's okay. It's kind of nice to bring them a little bit of that personality as long as it's not so far out of alignment. Um, And also just being okay with, yeah, you know, we all make mistakes. I'm sure I've even sent out emails with errors and I didn't know it because I wouldn't have sent it had I known it, right? And so maybe part of the the system or the process that you create to create that autonomy is reread everything two times or, you know, at least twice or put it away for five minutes and reread it again when you know it's something really important to be able to catch those errors. There are all different ways we can put systems in place, but we've got to create that culture of autonomy. Otherwise, again, you are always the crutch. You're going to be the bottleneck and they don't ever feel like that permission to just make their own decisions. Here's what I found. When you increase autonomy, people like your team members, your family members, they are more vested in the outcome. Autonomy is great for everybody. Everybody gets more concerned or more vested, I'll say again, just more part of the result and the success. When it's more of a hierarchical, I have to come to you for everything, I'll tell you what to do, and I'm just more of a follower versus a leader, you're actually going to see them be less motivated, less inspired, less tied to those results. So think of this autonomy again, not only so that they're stopped getting so distracted by them, but that they also start working or you know, really putting in the energy at a higher level at a high, outputting a higher quality of work. Hey, real quick, it's me popping in for a second to give you a personal invitation to join my monthly membership coaching program, the Life in Control Club. Did you know the goal of the program is to not only get control of your work life, like emails, priorities, distractions, and demands, but also to get quick step-by-step control of your personal life, like meals, self-care, family demands, health, and so much more on your ever-growing to-do list. The amount of encouragement, collaboration, and just the compassion going on in the group is amazing. You can learn all about it at lifeisorganized.com forward slash the club. And as a special offer, use the coupon code 100 off, that's 100 off, for $100 off your first month. Now, back to what's missing, number three. Okay, so finally, here's what's missing, number three, that can help you get control of your team and avoid all these distractions and this distraction culture going on. It is respect. I believe there is a general lack of respect when it comes to time and personal productivity. 
Maybe this isn't just intrinsic to your team members and to your core values as a business and a business owner. So I mean, have you actually ever verbalized or communicated in any way to your team members that efficiency is important to you, that this is a core value, that we deliver high quality in the least amount of time and effort? That focus impacts how much you'll get done, how it will lower the stress for everybody on the team, how we'll get everybody out of work on time, how it can impact revenue, how that means that that could potentially impact their salaries or bonus structures, right? How it affects just the culture between everybody, that we're not snarky, that we're kind, that the happiness effect goes up, right? Need I go on? Are you actually verbalizing this and communicating this type of respect when it comes to your team? Have you ever really talked about this, included it as a core value, had discussions around it, brought them in on the conversations and really talked about, well, how can we work better together? Is anyone feeling frustrated by how long things are taking or does it feel duplicative? How can we systemize things better? Is there a software that you know might be better than this? Is there a resource that would make things easier for you? I find that we're just not talking about the value of respecting each other and each other's time enough. (laughs) And again, I'll say just like I did in number two, that the more you bring your team into these conversations, the more vested they are in the outcome. This is true in any relationship. If you're part of a two-way, honest, and open communication, you're all going to have greater respect for that relationship and feel that sense of responsibility for it too. So is this part of your culture to say, you know, I we're here working together, we're partners, we're collaborating to you know, provide the most excellent service or product or customer service or whatever the case may be. But we also want to do it in a way that we are so respectful of each other in our time so we can make the space and the energy to deliver the highest quality, but also have a life, right? And feel really good about ourselves and be, feel really rewarded at the end of the day. We've got to bring that into our teams and our culture, that that mutual respect and what that really means for each person and any part of that relationship. So ask yourself, how can I better infuse the value of respect of time and communication with my team? Alrighty, so let me recap here. It is time to debunk the belief, the lie, the story. We continue to tell ourselves about other people's distractions being out of our control. There are gaps in your business that are related to this that will actually help you fill them and decrease all those distractions and really create a culture of more efficiency and productivity and respect for your time. So those three gaps are, or what you're missing is number one, the systems. Are they clear? Are they reinforced? Does everybody know about them? And are they limiting the room for error? Number two, autonomy. Are you making your team members feel like they have the permission to take the next step or make their own decisions? And number three, creating a culture of respect. This is really intrinsic to your values and your business and how you're communicating with your team and infusing this value of respect of time and communication amongst all of you working together. 
All right, so you know what's up now. Your challenge for the week, because you know, I always want to make your time here 100% worth it, and I hope you do too. So in the next 24 hours, while your motivation is high, ask yourself and commit to one of the three ways that you can take control of your distractions from your team. By the way, your team can also be at home, right? This can be fully applied to your kiddos, your hubster, the in-laws, your friends, your besties, as well as in work, because you know, we focused, today we focus on the work front, but every strategy that I bring up and I teach and I bring to you can be applied to your personal life too. Don't forget it, my friend. All right. So last thought here, if you are loving what you're hearing, please go on over and subscribe and leave a review for the Productivity on Purpose podcast, because this is what helps get me seen and heard for other amazing women all around the globe. As always, I thank you for your time and loving vibes and positive energy. I hope to see you over on lifeisorganized.com. Grab yourself some free resources at lifeisorganized.com forward slash resources about how to stop feeling overwhelmed, how to stop procrastinating, and how to get focused. I cannot wait to hear from you and look forward to your loving vibes next week. Here's to getting more of the right things done, and I will catch you next time. Bye-bye.